This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Hey everyone, how's it going? Um, I'm on location this week, so I hope you can hear the atmosphere. If you listen really, really carefully. Um, Now, I'm not in some amazing brewery, but I'm in my cellar because I came to record the podcast and the washing machine was on. So, mate, you don't get any better than this. You are getting your money's worth on a free podcast right here. So, um... I'm surrounded by all kinds of beer paraphernalia to make you feel at home. And I wanted to start with a little yarn this week. So around this time last year, um, I did a collaboration with a relatively new brewery called Eyes Brewing, the UK's first wheat-based brewery. And I invited Dan and Chris down to uh, brew a toasted wheat double dry hopped IPA which at the time seemed like a really good idea um, so they rocked up with um, all the sort of grist bill and the hops and stuff and then um, we tried brewing this toasted wheat double dry hopped IPA on a kit that used to belong to Stones that didn't like having a toasted wheat double dry hopped IPA brewed on it. So needless to say, we got a stuck mash. And I'll just add at this point that it was some genius's idea, not to mention any names, Nick, um, to add hops to the mash to do first word hopping. Um, So yeah, great idea, because you can imagine with all the wheat and all the hops and all the oats, um, exactly what happened yep we got a stuck mash so we spent several hours trying to get the word out of this uh, mash tun into the brew kettle so when it finally came to the boil we let it boil and then uh, most of the hop additions are going at the end and then we put them in there and we're like well at (laughs) at least we'll have something to put in the fermenter and then lo and behold it got stuck in the brew kettle so this was approaching six o'clock by this point so i had mercy on dan and chris and sent them home and i was like i'll take one for the team this we're from sheffield you're from leeds right this is what us kind people from sheffield do so um i and (laughs) the runoff took hours and i was there until like 1am or something ridiculous and i went home and i was like i hate this why the hell am i doing this job oh it was insane and then um just to add insult to injury um, we dry hopped it with a load of Styrian Wolf and Azaka in the fermenter and then it got stuck trying to transfer it into a conditioning tank and then out of the conditioning tank trying to transfer it into kegs, it got stuck again. So when it finally got out there, 
It was, it was, a, every review we got on Untapped for that was like, this is weird. Kind of, it was like a dagger in my heart. Um, so yeah, needless to say, after that experience, after I did some deep soul searching and forgave them, um, I, I, I really wanted to chat to Dan again um, because I heard they'd moved to Bradford and they were setting up a brewery there. Um, so um, I made a point of saying, would you come on the podcast? So I drove up to Bradford um, the other week and uh, Dan got out of the car and then Pip got out of the car and I was like you're not Chris <laughs> and then that's where we start the episode of the Hot 4 podcast this week so it's quite a long episode so uh, buckle your seatbelt uh, we're going we're gonna to dive in in a sec a big shout out to the people that have been messaging me over the last few weeks saying how much you enjoy the podcast and you know you do it while you're doing your CIP or digging out your mash tuns um, this one's for you and for everyone that's had a stuck mash just want to say a huge thanks for tuning in and if you haven't subscribed to the Hot 4 podcast yet make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever it is you subscribe to podcasts uh, follow us on social media at Hot 4 Beers and check out the website which is hotfor.beer um, for articles, more podcasts and a range of services to help you get ahead in your brewing and beer business. So without further ado, here's Dan and Pip, not Chris, from Eyes Brewing. in the old Bradford Brewery, uh, joined by Dan and Pip, not Chris, from Eyes Brewing. Traitorous bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so the last time I, I came out, or actually you came to me, didn't you? We did. Um, at Sheffield Brewery, it was you, you and Chris. So That's I right. was expecting Chris to rock up in the car. No. Nope. Um, and then Pip got out. That must have been a double take for you. It was a little bit of a double take. I'm like, okay, that's a bit strange. So it's, um, yeah. Chris is looking good these days. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what's... Um, what's been going on? What's been going on? Well, in. how long ago was it that we came? About a year ago? Yeah, so you, you sort of gave me a stuck mash. That's right. And I've, I've only just mash. recovered from... Is it still long. stuck? I'm not there anymore, so I don't care. Ooh, <laughs> we tried to make just left it and walked well, out. Well, 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 we tried to make a beer with zero bitterness, but then the hops were in there for. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say four or five hours. Yeah, it was long. It was yeah. I mean, I, I had I, good I, work. I, I kind of had mercy on you. It was kind of like you let us go way oh, before. Oh, you, you can go. You're in Leeds. You we went kids. about nine o'clock, and you were there until eleven. I think it's it's crazy. You and know, nobody the, likes to be in Sheffield well, the, longer than they have to be. Well, that's not true. We all know it's um, Leeds and Bradford. People feel like that. Which do you prefer <laughs> as a southerner? Um, I have relocated to uh, Leeds and then Bradford. I've not spent a lot of time in Sheffield. So. Oh, missing out. Give me the top five of Sheffield, comment. and Sheff- I'll give you the top five of Leeds. Okay, Sheffield Wednesday. N- no. You could. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Abigail Moonshine. Okay, that maybe one. Okay, the, the the rolling hills and scenery. Yeah. Arctic monkeys. Okay. And um, it's the greenest city in Europe in terms of like trees and all that stuff. Okay. That's a great fact. Yeah. Love that. So that's worth five in and yeah. of itself. Go on. Yeah. What about Bradford? Bra- you, can't, you can't even say Leeds. You can't even say Leeds. Can you? Okay. No, because like you are, you you you're representing. You have Bradford. to talk about Bradford. Okay, you need to help me out then. Um, Bradford has. It was one of the most industrial places in the world. 
the so, entire world. Yeah. Saltaire being the um, UNESCO World Heritage Site. Chicken nuggets were invented in Bradford. <laughs> Is that true? No. Um, See, even your facts aren't true. The, the space hopper was invented in Bradford. That is true. Is that really? Yes, by Kevin Space and Jeremy Hopper. No, not that Kevin's... is not true. Kevin Space. Not Kevin Spacey. No, 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 no. no. no in said fact, it was going to be controversial. That is this not why it's called Space Hopper. <laughs> that is. They That's... called it Hopper Space, but then oh, realised. Somebody Google that. That is not true. No, that is true. See, I would Google it, but I tried to get on the internet here and there's no internet. <laughs> there is no internet in Bradford. That's another fact about Bradford. <laughs> We've got wind up internet. <laughs> And John's off today. <laughs> We're very happy to be in Bradford. We are happy to be in Bradford. It's yeah. been welcoming. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a great deal about Bradford, only just moving from Leeds over here. But the more I know, the more I like about it. It's got a good industrial past. We're sat in our brewery in a place that used to be uh, Shaw's Moisture Meters. Um, moisture is a great word, isn't it? Isn't it? And you need to keep a you need to keep a check on how much moisture you've got. The moisture meter, it turns out, is a really unique bit of kit that revolutionised the wool trade, and now they're still making them. Only like two people know how to make them, and they're on all the submarines. They're wow. on everything that goes up into space. See, this is a fact about Bradford that you they're should on, have led with. They're on ninety percent of space hoppers. <laughs> um, oh wow! You're yeah. selling at me. I'm, I'm, I'm selling up. I'm moving here. So this is it. We're in, we're in. Yeah, Bradford is has got a great history um, and a great brewing it, history that stopped in 1960 and then didn't come back again into the city centre until recently. When Eyes Brewery moved in. Well, when Bradford Brewery moved in, and then they, they, well, they messed it up, and we're hopefully bringing brewing back to the centre yeah. of Bradford. So let's just sort of rewind a little bit. So when I first met you, mm. you came to Sheffield Brewing and you were home brewing um, your idea of doing like a, a wheat-based brewery, which mm. is what you're kind of known for. So, so sort of take us back to what it was like, sort of from your conception of like what, why you want to do like wheat mm. beers and sort of and that journey of sort of cooking brewing to, mm. to today. That's right. So it was a few years ago when I first met you. Yeah, we'd just started on a 100-litre kit in the back of my house. Um, and yeah, we'd, we'd become really interested in the beer scene at the time um, and realised that we liked making beer uh, ourselves in home brewing, but then realised that we started liking, we like German style beers. Um, so we bought a big bag of wheat and tried to make a normal Hefeweizen. Um, but as you know, with home brewing, if you've got a big bag of wheat that can last a long time if you're doing 25 litres at a time we wanted to make a bitter next but had a big bag of wheat so thought I wonder if we can make an English style bitter but with wheat in it um, so we did and then started looking around and realized that no one had really done that before so when we started trying to think of then coming into the beer industry not just home brewing but taking it on we realized that that was a bit of a unique selling point mm. um, so like the best inventions come by accident so like the space hopper. Like the space, like the space hopper. <laughs> they were trying to invent airbags for cars. Right. But someone drew a smiley face on one and then... It's the handles. Could you imagine those at your eyes? Exactly. That's why it didn't work. Many children of Bradford were blind because of the space hopper. But yeah, so when we launched, we decided, you know, we could come out with a 
an IPA, but everybody's doing that. And who's going to buy an IPA off an unknown brewery uh, that has never done anything before, that isn't part of some brewing history? We've not come from any other breweries. We need something that is going to be interesting about us to then, for people to take a chance on us. Um, so we kind of put ourselves into this place as being the UK's first and only wheat brewery. Mm. And as far as we can tell, the first wheat brewery anywhere in the world since World War Two. Amazing. So it kind of got us into that unique place straight away. And we got onto bars that we maybe wouldn't have got onto had we have just kept, just been a smaller homebrew type place. People were interested in what we were doing. And along with our branding, people gave us a chance. And then when the beer was good, came back for more and more. So it just kind of grew from there, really. Yeah. So, so when you start approaching bars and stuff, mm. um, and you're like, hey, you know, we, we brew wheat beers, like, oh, I would imagine that most people think, oh, Erdinger, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, how, how have you sort of managed to overcome that? And particularly, like, sort of before we start recording, we're saying about how Bradford, you know, it's like it's blondes everywhere, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Like, how, do you still come against that kind of resistance? when you're trying to sell beer and, and how you're sort of trying to change the sort of preconceptions as to what a wheat beer is. It's an interesting thing. When we first started, people were, like you say, you say wheat beer and people think of Erdinger or... Yeah, Schreiber. and they've they've tried it, don't like it, like don't like the yeast, have a have an idea of what it's going to be, that sort of quite banana-y, yeah. like... Clovey type. Absolutely. Mm. So um, it's just about kind of... Oh, they love it. Educating and people to understand that it's it's just a part of a hot bill rather than a, a main flavour component. So mm. um, I think people are a bit more open to new ideas these days. Um, I think starting in Leeds was good because people were interested in trying new and interesting things. On the bars Definitely. in Leeds, people like new things and like to try something that no one's tried before. Mm. So I think um, it was an... In yeah, it's... It wasn't the easiest way, I don't think, to start in some ways. Nothing about eyes is the easy way, though. No, we <laughs> we just opened a, opened a wheat brewery in Bradford. It's like, you know... Giving the people what they've never asked for. <laughs> <laughs> 101 in sales. Yeah, exactly. What that's it, that's it. How can we make this just more difficult for ourselves? Mm. But people seem to get it straight away in, in Leeds. I think when you see untapped reviews, I think at first people were saying this... Either this doesn't taste like Erdinger, this isn't a wheat beer, or I like wheat beers, this doesn't taste like one. But what they meant was it doesn't taste like the banana -y kind of clove thing. But after a couple of weeks, literally a couple of weeks of us being in Leeds, people stopped with those kind of reviews. And when we're in new cities, like when we launched in Manchester or up in Newcastle, even bits in Sheffield, you see those same reviews again and again for a little bit, and then people just start thinking, you know what? It's just nice beer. Um, so we do German style beers, we do Belgian style beers, and we do English style beers as well. I think we, we learned the wrong way that doing weird stuff all the time doesn't actually pay the bills. So we had to dial it down a little bit and produce IPAs, but a white IPA. Mm. And so we've done lots no of them to kind of bring in the money. No more Jaffa cakes. No more Jaffa cake beers. We did oh, that. Oh, I remember that beer. I, was I just remember it. <laughs> <laughs> the the yes. ones I do remember fondly actually were um, Gemini mm. and Orion. Yeah. Um, I mean, they 
for, for all the stuck mashes you left, you know, <laughs> and, and the following day of tidying up and digging that copper out, like, you know, it, it, like it, those, those beers, every time, because you left me like a six pack, mm. kind of, I was just kind of like... Well, that's what we have to do, this, yeah. because we know people will hate us when we leave because of the stuck mashes, but if we give them enough in their fridge, then the memories fade and the beer will just that's, go... That's exactly what I was... But no, seriously, they, you know, they were really, really good beers, mm. and, you know, mm. I really enjoyed them, and they, the... Um, was it Gemini? Is that the one with the orange yes. can? Yeah. So, you know, that, I just remember having a few of those being like, I could session on this. Mm. You know, it's, it's and, I, and I want to come back to it again and again. I think that's um, it. And it wasn't, it's, that beer especially wasn't at all like a traditional wheat beer, but it had 60% wheat in it. Mm. So it has been interesting to change people's perceptions when people say they don't like wheat beers. It's not what they mean. They, they don't like what they think wheat beers are yeah. not what they could be um, but it's exciting and it's different and us having a conversation with people is exactly why we're in beer we're mm. not we're in it to educate and to be educated we're in it to have dialogues and learn new things and try stuff and fail miserably and do something else so we've not done anything else yet though other than fail miserably <laughs> <laughs> but it's, that's, that's all part of the unique journey, though, isn't it? Because it's like you know, it's there. There are, like you said, there there are well, no other breweries occupying this space mm. at the moment. Mm. And I think as the, as the the market is, you know, it's in the UK in particular has become quite saturated. Mm. Um, you know, you, you've got to have that niche almost. Yeah, I think um, so. And I think that was one of the things that made us choose Bradford over Leeds is that Leeds is a great beer city with a great beer scene. But if we'd have launched there, then we we might have just ended up in a warehouse, just another bit of kind of white noise, really, with everything else that's going on there. Um, Bradford, hardly any time away from Leeds at all, doesn't have that scene mm. established yet. It's, it's got been a few... neglected in many, many, many ways. Um, it the money tends to go towards Leeds on a sort of council level. Um, people tend to go into Leeds, even if they live in the suburbs of, of Bradford, rather than coming to the city for a night mm. out. So we're just going to create something so they can. Yeah. They don't have to get on the train. They mm. can stay here and have some really interesting, good beers, some, mm. also some normal beers. And and there's a good, good there chat. is a good beer scene kind of bubbling away. There's places like the Record Cafe. That Everybody's doing, rooting for us. Um, they love an underdog in Bradford and they're it. very, very proud. And very very proud. Yeah, and, and that's it. There's, there's the Sparrow, the Record Cafe, the Peacock, kind of just a stone's throw away from us. We want to feed into what is already here in Bradford. And, and the guys are great. They've all been over um, wishing us well and we want to do some nice, interesting work with them, and it's everyone's been really welcoming. Mm. Like I'm not sure if, like you say, we'd get that in Leeds because mm. there's so many breweries, there's so many different people opening up, and you've got some big hitters in Leeds. Yeah, exactly. As well, you know, um, I mean, people people call it the quote unquote London of the North. Mm -hmm. you know? Whoa. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, London I, is the Leeds of the South. <laughs> do people say uh, that? Some, yeah, some people. Who do. said that? Give me that number. But you know, but it's you know, as I was driving over, you know, it reminded because it was only a few weeks ago I drove over to over to Magic Rock, um, you know, and the sort of the, the scenery is very similar, you know, with the rolling hills, and then you come down into this valley where mm. you know, and, 
and there you got Huddersfield and you got Bradford and it's, it's you know it's not done magic rock any harm no, being in Huddersfield exactly. you know and R- Richard and the team they're really sort of fiercely proud of being Absolutely. from Huddersfield and he said the same thing you know you can set up a brewery in, in Leeds mm. um, but actually you know no he's from Huddersfield he wants yeah. to root for Huddersfield Absolutely and I think that's it we we love that aspect of Bradford of being the underdog and with what we've said about us being a little bit different to other breweries we've We've Being pitched ourselves a, as the underdog by choosing so, yeah. wheat and choosing the way we're, how we're going to brew and the ingredients and everything. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. Why not? Why <laughs> exactly. not? Like, just make this even harder. Yeah. But we kind of did our research before putting in Bradford as well. Um, it's an exciting time to be in the city, mm. definitely. There's loads going on, a tremendous amount of investment. Mm. Um, and in just our little slice as well of the city, there's there's loads going on. and it's just brilliant that we get to be at the epicentre of that and hopefully we can contribute and we really do want to reach out into the community mm. and hopefully they can reach back and we can just build something really nice here. I think so. I mean, there's a good creative scene as well, good art scene. There's a good... Uh, and we've got a great building that we can, yeah. hopefully, people can utilise in different ways. It's not just a brewery, it's not just a bar. We've got some really great spaces upstairs. So, yeah. Yeah. So what would the idea be to be kind of like, you know, rent out some that space for like mm. corporate dues or weddings and that kind of thing? We couldn't, we couldn't really do that because of the nature of the actual space without a lot of investment. Right, okay. Um, but there's definitely spaces for artists, studios, you could rent by the week or the month, mm. um, just get messy up there, do, do maybe sort of like exhibitions and things. Um, maybe We've got a decent amount of outside space, yes. uh, beer garden and roof terrace that we're going to be making that we can do events on yeah um, yeah hopefully like a community garden and sort of feed back into maybe the brews with the ingredients that we're, that mm. we're growing and, mm. and hopefully get a little kitchen going and Amazing. Yeah. lots of plans lots of plans we've talked about putting a, a coffee roastery in as well uh, yeah we really like the idea of sort of like a cyclical nature of the ingredients so we have um like obviously the raw ingredients going into the brew and then we've got the coffee and it, and it being brewed again and roasting, having our own blends, putting it in our beer, oh, coming nice. around yeah, again. Yeah. I really want to get a dehydrator. That's definitely on my Christmas list. So we can um, mill our own bread from Spain grain. Mm. Like, yeah, mill mm. our own flour for, for bread. That would be very, great. We've got a lot of idealistic plans, haven't we? Absolutely. There. But we're, yeah, we want to... Lofty ambitions. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to see eyes as more of a, a, a brand that isn't just a brewery, that it has right. a lot of things going on and a lot of creative things, a lot of working with things that are already there, working with charities that are already there as well, mm. um, working with just, we want to get stuck into the community and, and be a place and it that is gives great. Back. There's loads of little pockets of real innovation and real just wholesome community um, feeling that perhaps is lost in a bigger city mm. and if we can kind of link some of that maybe join some of the dots that that's that's really 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 what mm. we want to do exactly. do, do you envision sort of um the the wider beer scene becoming more hyper localized kind of like you're describing through you know um with, with sort of businesses collaborating together you know you, local people discovering you know some of these beers and beer styles for the first time because it's it's almost like you know the, the the sort of beer thing in the UK <coughs> revitalised itself. Um, you know, with, with if essentially your front runners like Thornbridge and Brewdog, mm. and mm. then you know Magic Rocks and Northern Monks and 
all those kind of guys, Cloud Waters. Mm-hmm. And then in some ways, a lot of people want the slice of that pie and but it's it's hard to get a slice of that pie because unless you've got a lot of capital mm. to to build a very big brewery in the distribution networks and do you envision it sort of become, sort of going full circle where it used to be like mm. you know, you'd go into your pub and you see Tetley, John mm. Smith's and mm. a local real ale oh that's mm. the tasty option you know how, how do you sort of see that panning out? I think the beer industry has kind of been really interesting because yeah like you say if you go back a long time it was really local beers each pub would have its own brewery and and then they kind of got bought out by the big boys and now we're sort of seeing the same thing happening again that it started again where people were local 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 and then got bigger and bigger and then got bought out by the big guys again it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the next few years i think people like us we want to really invest in the local area but that doesn't mean that we haven't got ambitions to grow bigger Mm. um we want to we want to stay if we are fortunate enough to be successful and and the the demand for our beer is there then we've got no problem with growing bigger but we'll always want to keep a foot in bradford and where we are and, and keep this place going um because it's our home and it's kind of we've definitely invested in the city now mm. like i've lived here for a couple of years and you are definitely going to be moving over towards bradford so there's no reason why we can't move back in like reinvest into this building and hopefully stay here for many 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 years mm. Mm. but it will be interesting to see how it goes on a on a national or kind of scene level seeing what people do um I think people are just bored. I think people are just getting... They've drunk all the offerings um, of the big boys and I think people just want to try interesting new things. They want to go into a pub and maybe actually chat to the brewer who Mm. is probably in there and he's been working out the back and go into their tap room and actually sort of get to the source almost. Mm. People are proud to have a brewery on their doorstep and I think they they become fans. they're supporting it, yeah. I think like like you become fans of your local bands, you kind of become fans of your local breweries. Yeah, there's very much a similar vibe, isn't there? Yeah, I uh, think so, yeah. I think there is, and I think you see it in lots of different ways. You kind of have the headline gigs, the kind of the, the, <laughs> the kind of Leeds Fests of, of, of brew, beer festivals where you get the same lineups again and again, and then you get kind of the indie scene where it's maybe a bit more where, where the, some of those bigger bands used to be, bigger breweries used to be, and then you get your manufactured boy bands as well. Um, <laughs> we've got one of those in the not too far away from us uh, at the moment. But um, kind of running with that analogy, I find it interesting though that if a if an indie band signs to a major record label, mm. you'll get some sort of fans that are kind of like, oh, that's really annoying that oh. the Manic Street Preachers move from I don't know Heavenly to sony or whoever it was that that's the a very was, current know. reference um, <laughs> <laughs> hello yeah no it's the, it's the early 90s calling nick um, uh, and, and it, if it's not a guitar band from the 90s i don't care all, all, kids manic street peach they, <laughs> they used to be a brand back in the day but um but yeah there's not the quite the same kind of uproar you mm. know um whereas you know if um beaver town sell a minority stake to heineken you know mm. it's kind of like 
press the big red button, you know, Twitter's kind of like gone down, the yeah. internet has broken. People get really, really precious and they've, I, I think it's that investment. People feel that they know the brewery, they understand the ethos and they feel like they've been let down. Mm. I don't think they can, some people can differentiate between a business and actually the, the, what's the best interest for the community. Mm. And it's not, some people, I don't know, they just get really, really, really upset and they, yeah. But I think people do get upset when indie bands go to major labels. I think the problem is, is we, we're in the scene, so we see all the kind of the top level crazy yeah. stuff going on, but the regular people who don't necessarily follow the beer Twitter will just keep drinking Beaver Town because it's nice beer. Yeah. And you know what I mean? They'll like, people will carry on buying the Manic Street Breaches. <laughs> They're still going. Are they still going? Anyone found Richie yet? Oh, man, I knew it was going to be controversial, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Oh, on that bombshell, um, you, you cuckoo brewed for a while out of, where was it, York Brewery or? Um, it was Ainsley Ales over in York. We did some bits here at Bradford Brewery. We did quite a lot at Ghost Brewery in Bailden. Right, okay. Um, we got around a little bit, um, wherever we could find a space. And that was you and Chris, wasn't it? That's right. Mainly Chris was doing the brewing. Yeah. I was doing the selling. So um, every week Chris would go to a new place, a different place and, and try and we did some stuff over at Turning Point. Um, yeah, all over the place. We'd, we'd rock up with our van full of grain and uh, brew it there. Then go, go back the next week and package it up. And right. then I'd sell it on from there. So what, what was that experience like, Cuckoo Brewing? For people that are kind of thinking, oh yeah, I, I want to be a brewer. Mm. Everything you guys are saying sounds really sexy and amazing, which we all, when you're in the industry, you know it isn't. <laughs> Def definitely These guys not, just shared a look at each definitely other. Definitely <laughs> do not own a brewery. Definitely don't. Hey, it's good, it's good fun. But it's like, fun. what 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 were some of the challenges of Cuckoo Brewing? Oh. I think, um, I'll say some of the pros of Cuckoo Brewing actually was the fact that we had no money to start off with. We got a small business loan that enabled us to buy a van, um, some casks, and probably about three brews worth of beer. So we had we had to make it work. So we brewed the beer, sold it, put the money back in, and kind of kept on doing that. Mm. And then was it, we're able to to grow a business and grow the business big enough to have our own place um, um, where we're at now. So it, it was a way of getting into the industry without having uh, huge capital behind us. Um, so that was one of the pros of it. It does seem like a quite nice, authentic way of doing mm. it. It's You can figure out your brand and your style on a much low-key way of doing it, like you say, without taking a risk of investment. Mm. and you also have the joys of pressure of having to make it work exactly yeah. if we didn't there's nothing sell like a deadline brewing, to making it, yeah. making the sales mm. <laughs> happen yeah. on a monday and i think also we we didn't know what we were doing like we kind of just made it up as we went along so we didn't know the rules of the beer industry which i think probably helped us at the beginning being the outsider definitely helps when you're going into a new marketplace you like you say you don't know the rules you don't know what you can and can't do you mm. don't know what you should and shouldn't do so you just do it mm. and you make it work and 
Which is kind of a sink or swim thing, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's nothing that forces your hand quite like running your own business and paying yourself mm. and being kind of like, if I don't sell those, I don't get paid. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. And it's amazing what you will do to put bread on your table. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. I think, so there were definitely some pros of it. Um, the cons of it, um, it cost us a lot of money to rent brew space off people, so we weren't making as much money on... Um, each sale as we could have done because mm. uh, a lot of that went back into renting more space um, we couldn't guarantee that there was going to be any space available for us so there was a few times where we'd just run out of beer, we'd sell it all and we wouldn't have anything left in the tanks so we had a lot of enforced holidays early on um, we didn't know also what we were going to have at any one time either so we couldn't we couldn't use wholesalers because we didn't know, we couldn't guarantee what beer was going to be available at any time. And I think we kind of plateaued as well last year. We've, we couldn't kind of maintain the sales, um, so we couldn't grow the business because yeah. we, we just couldn't get around enough breweries, enough people were running out of space themselves, especially at peak times. Breweries were running out of free fermenting space, so we didn't have... Uh, we didn't have anywhere to brew sometimes, so there was there's there's a lot of pros when you're starting out, but I think the cons when we got to a certain level outweighed the pros. Eventually, you just it was inevitable, so you either had to wind it up and stay at a level, or get a, get some space. There's someone at the door, but we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> we're on radio. Sorry. <laughs> We're not open. We're not. Oh. What's he doing? I don't know. Maybe he's taking a leak in your door. He's the guy from. Uh, they've just opened an axe throwing thing around the. Uh, down Is that the, Toby? As you do. That's, uh, that's Rory. Ra- that's Rory's brother. Rory's brother. He makes his own gin. Yes. And throws axes. Not. Definitely, we are not recommending mixing <laughs> hard liquor and. Medieval weaponry. Hey. I that is not an offer that we are going to do through eyes. I like a port and a lance. Just, just disclaimer right there. Give me a port right, and I'm a lance. Champ- <laughs> champagne and a spear. Mm. <sighs> cocaine and mace. Huh? Do you know what a mace is? Yes. I shouldn't have said cocaine though, should I? <laughs> no, that, that was was that, that the thing that, that got the look? The, that was the look, not what's a mess. <coughs> well no. done on your medieval weaponry, but yeah, it's no a spi- drug talk. Spiky ball. Spiky ball Amazing. and cocaine. Like a really bad space hopper. Well, so, well, should we do the Kinder Surprise challenge? Mm. Shall we, are, are we recording this? Absolutely. Gen- That'd be good for general. you to talk about that sort of stuff. What sort of stuff? The future. Yeah, totally. And Taking then, over the world. And then talk about It is difficult because obviously I'm new. I can't open this. So can anyone get an airs? <laughs> okay, so we, we're doing. What's the, this? What the hell? So we're doing the Kinder Surprise Challenge live on the podcast. This is your idea. This is, these well, yeah, I thought Kinder it'd be surprises. a nice gift, and now I, I am sorry. What <laughs> these abomination? Are kin- these are Kinder Joys you've got here. What's the difference? Well, the, obviously, there's, it's got a little spoon inside. So it's kind it. of split in two, hasn't it? What the? Oh, okay. So this is not a Kinder. This is not is a Kinder. Is that what that is? This is Kinder Joy. Oh man, you set this up on the podcast clip, and it's kind of it's all gone pear shaped. Well, there better be a sh- shitty little toy in here. I don't think there's gonna be. Is the shitty this little is, toy the spoon? Is, this is gonna. 
Okay. Oh, wait. I've oh, got, no, there is. There is a tie okay, on the white so side. I've got why, a tie. Why have they messed up the Kinder Surprise? Well, let's what see. was wrong with that? Has anybody, not... okay, has anybody got into the other side yes, of this egg yet? Yes, yes, yes. What I is going on here? This isn't, this isn't the Kinder Surprise. It looks it. like a shit Ferrero Rocher. It is. It's a Ferrero. <laughs> Oh, Basically, no, it, no, no, I'll take it back. That is, that is joyous. Well, that's why they call it Kinder Joy. Basically, for for the listeners, this isn't a great thing in this medium, is it? But it's basically, it looks like a two white little, white yogurt with two little turds, little turds in the middle of it. Basically, that's it, very isn't it? Spherical. Oh, that's spherical on one turd. side of the egg, oh, and the other you get a toy. So I've got a rabbit. Oh, have you? Well, I haven't uh, got any other one. I'm still. See, let's see if blissing you can, out on this chocolate. Right. This is let's amazing. see if you can relate the toy uh-uh. to a beer story. Okay, uh-uh. here we go. This is so, a good thing. I've got a rabbit, and my beer story is the other day I found the last can of Mad Hatter oh. beer in my local specialty beer shop. Wait, what and beer was it? It was uh, what was it called? It was like a <laughs> it was a collab, an impy stout they did with Wyland. Oh, um, I can't remember what it's called. With Feed who? your head. That was it. <laughs> are we, uh, we going to let that go? Yeah. Or are we going to call Is him up on that? Is that how you say Wylam? Wylam. No, you didn't. No, what? you said Wylam. 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 Okay. Uh, I don't I miss, even know what I miss I've got. Magic, uh, miss um, Mad Hatter. Their tzatziki sour was my favourite beer for a long time. It was sad, isn't it? I was sad when they went under. Yeah, I think they went under for the right reasons, though, didn't they? They it made a good decision for them. It was. Um, it I was... don't know what I've got. I think I've got a frog. I can't get my balls out. <laughs> They're stuck. Not on the radio. <laughs> right, right. Is that a chick? That looks like a chick. Have you got a chick related beer story? No. I well, can't think of it. It's really not. It's really, really not. But that's quite a difficult thing, though. Chicks. Chicks in beer. Well, that's it, and I really don't want to go there because I'll just get really defensive and a bit preachy. So <laughs> no, that's go that's there, where go I, there, go no, there. that's where I wanted to go. I I kind of thought that you might say, so you're a female in beer. To your girl. What's that like? And I kind of wanted to say and practice on in the car on the way here, going <laughs> yes. I've got lots to say. Are you going to ask Dan about that? Because it really, really annoys me. So I've start, been started working with Dan for maybe like a month or so. Month, two months? Yes. Um, and I have been asked many times, and Dan has been asked behind my back, what my credentials are. Right. Well, a dance like more than him, he's a school teacher and a comedian. Whoa. Like, what does he know about me? Why are you bringing me into this? I can't even build this frog. <laughs> he's got the instructions now. He's got the instructions. <laughs> Right, He's so reading the instructions for a Kinder Surprise. Hey, man. Kinder Joy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it, basically. I, as, as a female in beer, you have to prove yourself much, much more than boys do. You have to have your CV at the ready, and you have to know all the fermentation questions that they're going to try and catch you out with. Um, yes. That's and it, crazy. And it, and it makes me very, very cross and a bit preachy see I, I i didn't think of asking you that but no. partly because i i expected chris and not you to be to be here which we'll, 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 <laughs> but, ca- but we'll had, come on had to you but had you known that it was me would you would you have asked me well it's funny enough i was thinking about this morning about is it oh what the fuck 
Wow, that's crazy. Why did the handle fall off your mug? Is that a Kinder Surprise mug? Your handle fell off the mug? Yeah, look at that. Wow. That really hurt. Uh, what, was it in are your you mouth? Okay? Are, you okay? are you okay? I'm fine. Like, the, hang on, the main question how, is, is, how... is the lapel mic fine? <laughs> oh no, it's gone down my leg. You're yeah, fine. don't worry about but me. Like... I've got burning hot coffee on my leg. <laughs> what happened? Only Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> So funnily enough, I was only I was actually thinking this morning about Jago Weiss from Wildcard yes. and thinking, oh, maybe I should reach out to her and see if she'll do this podcast about being a woman in beer. But then I was like, well, is is the very act of me as a male reaching out to her to ask her about being a woman in beer kind of pigeonholing her in a sexist way? And I was like, for for me, I was just kind of like, well, I kind of feel like it is because I'm just kind of like, well, you're, just, you're just a person in beer regardless of what sex you are. So I'm not, I don't care. No. Like, so that's why I, I wouldn't have asked you because I, I don't, you're just a person in beer industry. Exactly. And you happen to be a girl. Like exactly. 50% of the population. <laughs> like, Dan, what does it feel like to be a man in beer? That's wonderful. Exactly. Like, it, it's really, really dull and uninteresting. And of course there's issues, but there's issues in everyday life. Like, we're here to talk about beer. As much as it's dull and uninteresting and you hate being asked it, Nobody actually asked you about being a woman in beer. You brought it up <laughs> no, yourself. No, it was the so chick, you... and you said, oh, did I woman say in beer. Look ah, I because even... I looked at it and went, oh, chick, woman in beer, and didn't go there, and you did. I'm, I'm actually um, at university as well, in my, in my vast amount of spare time I have as being, you know, full-time job and kids and life. Um, and I'm doing my dissertation on um, women in beer, and looking at uh, all female forums and networks and actually wondering if that's now sort of perpetuating the segregation within right. the industry. Well, how, how so? So um, obviously there's lots of uh, women in beer um, forums where you can go along. It's, it is nice and it's a nice social activity, but is that kind of reaffirming the lines of segregation instead of having a club for beer where you can all uh, all sort of meet meet friends chat about things have a bottle share or why why do you have to have boobs like why why is that the reason that you're all there you've been to some camera beer festival it's not the ladies <laughs> there <laughs> you but uh, yeah so i was just wondering and that's what i'm going to ask and sort of chat to some people um is is now the time to actually go it's about people in beer and it's not about women in beer i think it is you know like i don't see why it should be segregated you know and i, I, I can see why in the past it has been and why yes. maybe beer has that in particular because you know historically it was like a man down the pub kind of thing absolutely you know the wife stay at home but it's kind of like we live in the mm. 21st century now when we were opening the the tap room up um I said about all the different beers that we were going to have on and somebody on Twitter, uh, a lady on Twitter said, are you going to have anything for the ladies? And I said, yes, we're going to have beer. And I think that's the problem. I think ladies do it to themselves quite often as well as men keeping it for themselves. I think I think it goes both ways, doesn't Small-minded it? Small-minded people can be of both genders. Um, you know, there's lots, of, there's lots of men that don't like beer and there's lots of women that do. Um, and I'll, I just think that now the, the, the industry has been opened up. Um, it's still difficult. There's still misog misogynistic pump clips out there. There's still people perpetuating this idea of sort of objectifying women in the industry and we're only there as the sort of shot girls 
and most people think we're a couple mm. like I'm there as your date mm. it's like no I know more about beer than you mm. been working in the industry longer than you not sure why you're here I'm the, I'm the face I'm the, <laughs> I'm the glamour in this business <laughs> that's it yeah absolutely I'm doing the business and yeah. you're out there and flirting with all the customers Whoa. on podcasts <laughs> Um, so yeah, but um, I just think that now it should be like you said earlier. It should be about people in beer, mm. and you know they're there in their own right, rather than they're there because they have female genitalia. Have you given up on that? I've given up so on that. Dan, Dan, <laughs> what, what, what was yours? <coughs> I don't know. I mean, I've had. Would you like me to sort it out? I've had for to you? look at the picture, and I mean, can you tell what that is? It's a frog. It's got that intense that Dan is holding his lapel mic. I've dropped. Um, <laughs> I can't make my kind of surprise. It kind of looks like a. Yeah, what the hell is that? It's, it's, it's like a, a frying flog. A frying. A what? A flying flog. <laughs> a, fry, a frying I thought it was flog. just me slurring my words. Yeah, I'm not even. It's a bit that cup of tea I had. Um, Yorkshire Gold. No, it was Yorkshire Gold. I'm hey, the it's best. a flying. I know, unfortunately, you come to the driest brewery. We have no brew kit and there's nothing on the tap it's room. Crazy, isn't it? So you're having that. tea and kinder surprises. I don't think I I knew I should have gone to Wylam. Oh! Wylam. 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 I don't think I've got any stories about flying frogs and beer. Um, Although I went to France once. Um, The beer's okay. (laughs) Great story. Well, you heard it here first. You're definitely going to have to edit that out. Amazing. No, no, that's staying right in there. (laughs) Cool. So, um, Coming back to the sort of the journey you guys have been on, so mm. um, so like I said earlier, when you came to Cuckoo Brew, it was you and Chris that came, but right. and then I was surprised when I rocked up and Chris wasn't here. Mm. So what, 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 sort of fill me in between you sort of sticking my mash, yep, and sort of what, you know the two of you sort of being business partners sat here today. Mm. I think like <coughs> the last year has been really interesting for us as a as a business. Um, like you say, when we came to Sheffield, it was me and Chris. Uh, me and Chris started as directors together. Then he um, decided last uh, Christmas that he no longer wanted to be a director, wanted to concentrate on the brewing side of things and the design aspect. He went back to university um, a couple of days a week to do design. Um, um, and yeah, yeah, but we kind of ca- carried on going. Um, and he would go out and do the cooker brewing, I'd do the mm. selling and the business development side of things. Um, and that was going really well. Uh, we got this place, um, Bradford Brewery uh, went under, we took on their building. Then it was me, Chris, and a guy called Nev. Uh, Nev, who I've known since we were kids, he came on as more of the financial director. Um, yeah, and we kind of grew a bit more from there, got this place. And then I think there was a, a few a few different things that led to um, Chris leaving and Nev leaving, and also Tom leaving. There was there was four of us who were shareholders. Um, I think one of the things is that we've it's become quite serious now. We've we've gone from playing about um, cuckoo brewing and having to make it work to get to the next paycheck. But if it didn't work, then it didn't matter. We only had a van and some casks and a couple of overheads that needed paying off. Now we've got actual responsibilities. We've got to keep the heating on. We've got to keep a roof over our heads. And if things go wrong, we've got to sort those problems out. 
um, Nev, he was he had another job, um, and I think he didn't want to carry on with this. Um, Chris had a baby and wanted to a more secure place. But as well as that, I think going into business with your friends is great in some ways, but in other ways, I think it can be difficult. Um, speaking honestly, at the moment, um, we've known each other for a long, long time. Um, like I say, I knew Nev since we were kids. I've known Chris for the last six or seven years, same as Tom. Um, and that's been great when everything's been going well. Um, but I, me and my wife have had marital troubles and I think the problem is, is their wives know my wife and everybody knows my kids, my family. Mm. Um, the breakdown in our marriage was both of our faults, but I think I was the one that kind of pulled the plug earlier. And I think that's the problem. They, they wanted to support her and through supporting her, found it difficult to maintain business links with me. So I think I think it's a cautionary tale in a lot of ways that being friends with your business partners first can be quite a, a good thing because you kind of get on with things and you know each other really well. But at the same time, um, it can be a difficult thing when, time when things go wrong. So when, I, uh, when that happened, we'd already got the building, um, we'd already got everything set up those guys each of them basically slid a letter across the table with the reasons why they were getting out which was quite a difficult time especially chris who we'd been working real closely with each other um and the fact that he um he was due to start back with us a couple of weeks ago and has joined another brewery joined Wildchild. I think that was quite a uh, quite a difficult thing to go through. I think uh, it's difficult in brewing because we are all up next to each other, yeah. and it's such a such a it's a crowded marketplace, and it's so small, and yes, so it's quite difficult um, because obviously. Where, where is another brewer going to go work? He's going to go to another brewery. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 inevitable, but also quite quite difficult and under the circumstances. And you were at the cusp of um, what should have been a really exciting time. It should have been exactly what everybody was working mm. towards and had been working towards for quite a while. So um, I think it was just super sad. Mm. I think it was really, really super sad. And um, yeah... It's it's just kind of almost drawing a line under so. under how you guys started and what that meant to you all at that time in your lives mm -hmm. and what and what that meant about getting the brewery going and mm. what a phenomenal job everybody did for that and how honestly like the reputation that Eyes has got and how that's enabled you to to get this building and everybody's rooting for for the company and rooting for the waiting for the beer and ringing us mm. um that's a testament to how how well you have all worked together but mm. unfortunately this next chapter doesn't involve them i think so and i think that's the the thing it's with it's almost two different chapters to eyes the kind of the where we started and where we're going to um we're I've, i mean since since those guys left um pip has come on board who like she said, know, knows the industry better than I do um, and has been working in the industry for a long time. 
We've got Ricky, who used to be the head brewer for Saltaire, who knows knows how to make beer like the back of his hand. And yeah, he's got when so he many. starts talking about the technical jargon, and then you and me just sitting there going, okay, yeah, yeah brilliant. That, <laughs> so, right. And um, hopefully we've got somebody moving up um, from London to take on the tap room and help us with sales and development mm. in that way. So I think we're building, I've, I've, I know the least out of everybody in my business about the business and about beer now. Um, you're very good at finding people. You're very good at um, communicating the plan and getting people on board and everybody believes in you. I think so. Mm. Um, it was it was kind of natural that, to build this little team and it's a, it's a real, we're really lucky. Like we've got some absolutely like, Makita's fantastic mm-hmm. and Ricky's fantastic and I can't believe we just Mm, just managed of, to get these people and we're just about to brew some phenomenal beer. It's I think super that's it. exciting I again. think people people do believe in what the vision that we've kind of set out um, because at the moment, realistically, uh, all we've got as a business at the moment is a, a nice new floor and a bar. <laughs> the kit is on its way to yeah. us. Um, but Ricky has kind of taken a gamble and believes in what we've got going. Pip has taken a gamble in terms of the fact that we've got no money at the moment, but we're kind of That's working towards things. Makita is moving all the way up from London to join us. To Bradford. So people are believing in- She might, she might have a bit of a shock. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We've got, we're building a good team around ourselves. So I mm. think, yeah, that was then. And it and will always sad. be remembering remember where remembered we came from. And it's going to be remembered fondly and it was the best start that yeah. we could have hoped for. But the future is, yeah, there's a line drawn in the sand now and the future is a different team and a a similar direction, but just going to be a bit more broader, um, looking more, I don't know, like we always sort of, when we were chatting about eyes when we first got together, like first like got down and sort of chatted about beer and you proposed kind of me working for you and I was Mm. like nope nope (laughs) you can't afford me Mm. um we were talking about it being more than a brewery and it being a brand Mm. and what we can kind of do with that and what products we are interested in and how Mm. we can sort of get the most out of brewing and what products we can make from the ingredients like before and after so I think it'll be really exciting to see how that develops. And you, so. you just want to have bees. That's all I want. That's like, all I want. I want to get to a stage where... That's honestly why <laughs> Sorry, he's, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Like, that's honestly why he's got all these people around him. So, so I don't he, have to do so, any work anymore. So he doesn't want to do anything to do with money. That's why I'm there. He doesn't want to do anything with brewing because he can't. So that's why Ricky's there. You can barely pull a pint. <coughs> so you just want to like... Have people fan you and feed you grapes. That's it. That's oh all I want. Oh my gosh, do not put ideas in his head. That's like, what He I just want. wants to be hanging, hanging around on the roof with, you know... Bees. Bees, like the smoker, the, the, the hood. Yeah. Wow. We're going to have our own bees. And also, this is me announcing now, I, I want to be the mayor of Bradford. Um, 2032. 2032. Man, you've heard it his first. He's running. Running. Da, 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 Me on my space da, hopper. Da, 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 da. I was going to reach for some coffee. I think it's really sad, obviously, you know, um, the, the journey of being on in a lot of ways. And I think, unfortunately, 
when you look at social media or your average consumer looks at social media, they don't see the blood, sweat and tears mm. and the heartache that have gone into those beers and, and not just into the actual production of those beers, mm. but to the, the, the journey as as a entrepreneur and running a business. Mm. And, and you know, a, a lot of these sort of um, stories of businesses you read are, you know, these marital breakdowns, there's mm. all kinds of traumas and, and struggles and, you know, business partners breaking up mm. and yeah. and so on. And, you know, it's... This is my personal gripe with something like Untapped. You know, mm. I think it's great in a lot of ways. You know, I can see what other people are drinking. I mm. can I, I use it just to kind of keep a log of beers that I I've known and loved. Mm. But when you, people go on there and slam you for something, and you just think that like, I've had the most crap day. Mm. You know, my life's fallen to bits. I've put every ounce of strength and emotion and money into making that, Absolutely. and it's all right for you in the pub. You know, on my phone because I've got. Fuck. <laughs> Carlisle else to do yeah. and you know That's they're it. slamming me because it's check, not as yeah. hazy as a hazy IPA should be I because always... that's your personal preference <coughs> exactly. like there's no scale here mm. I always end up checking untapped when I'm going uh, for a, a poo or a sit down wee and uh, <laughs> the amount of sad poos I've had <laughs> Poos used to be a happy time for me until Untapped came along yeah. and now. And now. I can't even shit in it with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, but you're right, I think people don't understand that it is just like two guys or just like a couple of people doing something in their shed and then people review it and, and it does, it kind of, it, it gets to you sometimes kind of mm. when it's, when people, yeah, needlessly, one star, dirty glass. Or I saw one person put on, on, I won't say which brewery it was, but it said, it smells, oh, it tastes like a, a fat man has been eating fish and chips all day has just pissed in my glass. Three stars. <laughs> Three stars? Three stars. <laughs> hey, he loves it. That guy loves it with fat man. <laughs> See, we, I, I did an episode. It was one of the first episodes mm. put out um, where I read out people's untaps in like with this dramatic music in the mm. background. Oh yes, you know, uh, taste like <laughs> decomposing bodies. Yeah, you know, and and you know, really dramatise it up. And he just, you know, it seems silly to listen back to it, but I'm just like, mm. you know, it it when you put it to that kind of music with that theatrical voice, it's like it's so ludicrous. It's so silly. It's just beer. It's yeah. beer. We're not. We're not brain surgeons we're not mm. changing the world we're just trying to make a nice a living and a nice drink and hopefully somewhere somewhere mm. goes somebody somewhere goes yeah that's all right that's all right that, that was nice at the end of the day yeah so where do you guys see the beer industry heading over the next few years i think it's a really interesting question because it's there's a lot of things happening at the moment lots of big people selling to selling to the the other brands and there's a lot of lot of kind of people one way or the other kind of pitching their their flags on whether or not that's a good idea or a bad idea i would like the bigger boys like there's a kind of a little circle in in the uk and bless them they all do collabs with each other and it's like another collab with so and so and so and so and another kiss and, another. and then they have You've got the big festivals and they're all there. And of course they're there. That's why you're buying your ticket. But like, it would be nice if, they were, if, if the sort of playing field was opened up. Mm. So you got there on merit rather than 
how many followers you've got on mm. Instagram or, you know, what your reviews are like on Untapped or mm. have you got a rate beer medal? Like, it would be really good if it was like, they're doing something really interesting and mm. no one's heard of them and they are in the back of a shed in some little no hope mm. town in the north of England. Like, it would be really great mm. if... Um, like Sheffield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It would be great if there were spaces at these festivals where mm. it's not just look how cool we are look how cool my mates are I think you, you can't sit with us i think i think the beer industry although there's a lot of knowledges with the music industry is quite like a it feels like college somehow you know what i mean there was a couple of kids that were like the cool six formers yeah that are kind of all stuck together a little bit but now there's a lot of people like us that started three or four years ago that and now that were back then a couple of years behind some of the the kind of top guys but now we're four years in we're doing stuff that's as good and interesting but because they started a couple of years before us have that kind of upper playing field yeah um, well, and they're the keeping, it, and they're things, keeping it for themselves mm, mm. and i think people are getting we're getting bitter now aren't we but i think people are getting <laughs> bored especially with beer festivals um going and getting the same beers again and again i think and it's the same lineup it's mm. like oh it's this type of beer from them and mm. this type of beer from and i think them. There, there are a couple of fringe festivals that are, are trying to alter that a little bit by putting good kind of this the kind of stars of tomorrow type yeah breweries on there um i know we had one in leeds um in the summer um oh the festival of brewers the festival of brewers with yeah mike uh hampshire kind of did that and 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 had a lot of us that were they had people like us and wild child and meanwood and Wishbone, um, Horsworth, um, Quirky, Nomadic, people that are plugging away and really bringing out some really interesting beers, but that you wouldn't find at the Leeds International Beer Festival, yeah. for example. Um, so I think the industry will, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, because I think, like I say, a lot it of those big ones broaden. will sell to big places yeah and it has to broaden and I think the consumer is either going to get irritated or they're just going to get bored and they're going to want to get just more interesting beers and Mm. understand the story and understand the heritage and kind of think about where their pound's going and not just put it in the same same old jar Mm. drinking the same old because they've got great marketing people I also think though that there's there's the way I kind of sort of perceive it because I totally agree with you and that you know as a as a as a brewer myself you know one of my frustrations was kind of like well I can brew really good beers and I've won awards for my beers that I've I've brewed you know um, and brew really interesting beers but because you're not kind of down with the cool kids yeah that's whatever it. you know it's it's you kind of overlooked but it's you know I I can almost visualize as well though on the flip side of you know there being customers who are wanting to try different stuff all the time, but mm. actually, you know, there, there's going to be a drive towards your sort of basically supermarket craft range mm. because they're getting it cheaper. They can now get something that's quality that they can bank on time and time again. And I think that hopefully will make the, the a lot of the smaller breweries that want to aspire to better things have better brewing practices mm. and better quality control um, because you know you're going to be up against something that's cheaper than yours mm. and possibly better quality from a kind of quality control absolutely point of view. and the consumer is just going to win and that's that's just a great thing um for everybody but um something does have to happen i think 
Um, otherwise, you're just going to end up with all these small breweries just dying out and then there's no choice. And yes, you'll be able to get cheap beer that's consistent, but we'll just go back to how it was mm. before the craft revolution, where it was like a handful of big players everywhere. Yeah. So we need to find a balance somehow and it has to happen in-house. Mm. So the big guys have to open their doors because otherwise... Uh, but I think, I think it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it happens in Bradford with Bradford not having a established beer scene. I think Leeds has been a good place for us to find our feet because people, there's some amazing pubs over there that do take a chance on some of the smaller up-and-coming guys. Um, and, and do support them very well. I think it's when you start looking outside the cities, that's where the next wave will come, I think. I think either people will start seeing what places like Leeds and Manchester and Bristol and London are, are doing, and then it'll feed out into, into places like Leicester and Bradford and, 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 and Birmingham seems to be going through a bit of a change now as well. And up in Newcastle, where we were a couple of weeks ago, brewing with Errant, um, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So some of the smaller cities are now getting their own scenes as well. So I think I think that will happen as well. I think because we've had the big, we've, uh, because I'm from Leeds, I've, I've been very spoiled with the beer scene. Um, we get beers from all over the world mm. into Leeds. Um, I think being in Bradford, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Will, will it be the traditional pubs that still maintain or will some of those traditional pubs want some of our more interesting beers. Mm. Um, we're going to be brewing beers uh, for, for, local, for our local customers, as well as some of those more interesting out there beers that will, will go more into Leeds. But it will be interesting to see over the next few years whether or not what's happened in other cities will happen in Leeds. Will there be that craft beer revolution? Yeah, if the average Joe who lives in the suburbs, who normally gets on a train into the big city, if there'll be demanding that sort of craft experience from their local pub mm. or will they continue to commute yeah so i think it's interesting I'm, I'm i'm very hopeful about the beer industry going forward i think it's a place where there'll continue to be people being creative people being innovative and people pushing the the boundaries of what we can mm. what we know and what we can do um and i think I think there's a lot of people at the same level as us that are kind of trying to do that, trying to push their stuff. It just depends on whether or not the market is there for yeah. them. Can I have a Kinder break? Kinder break. Kinder. Really this like spoon this is drink. awful. Like this is a weird spoon. Why would you reinvent the spoon? I've heard Cloudwater reinventing the spoon. <laughs> Open. <laughs> They've said on Twitter that spoons are back. You know, like a couple of years ago, they said it was only forks from now on. Mm. Okay, that that kind of leads nicely to sort of my, my, my last sort of few questions, like the, the ca cask versus keg mm. conundrum. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've sort of said about being in Bradford, you know, br brewing beers for the consumers <laughs> that live in Bradford. Um, you know, like your blondes and that kind of thing, as mm. well as doing the interesting stuff. Mm. But like you, you were saying before we recorded about feeling quite offended when. Um, that statement was made and everyone mm. got onto Twitter and was all like, oh, cask is great. Mm. And like, I mean, because I know there was a lot of breweries in Sheffield, because Sheffield's a very cask-dominated city, mm. you know. It was like, oh, it's the underappreciated packaging format. It's like, where have you been? Which pubs it. are you drinking in? Mm. I think that's it. I think Nothing around here. 
Yeah, and and I yeah. am offended. I'm very offended, and I think most of our peers on our level in the brewing industry, the people you you spoke about earlier, the mm. the guys that we were brewing with at the um, festival of brewers, like everybody was offended. We have been plugging away, um, producing, cracking, innovating, tasty, just wholesome beer in the in my opinion on the most perfect packaging especially when it's conditioned and stored and served right and then to have people who probably live in london sorry as a sovereign i am allowed to be a bit like bitch about it saying oh yeah it's back it's back like Mm. it Mm. didn't go like unless you're just because the cool kids are telling you that it's back and now you're allowed to drink it again Mm. I think that's it. I think people were saying it was the reinvention or the rebirth or kind of w- uh, that cask beer was, was back. But I the think the second wave of the craft yeah, revolution. And I think, I think cask off. beer cask beer didn't disappear. It just just a lot of people stopped looking for it um, because they thought that they were told yeah that that cask beer wasn't good anymore. And I think the problem is is because for a lot of years cask beer wasn't good. Mm. Cask beer was boring and brown and things, but I think people weren't looking for good quality beer anymore because I think, again, the problem is in, in Leeds, as, as good as it is, there's a blessing and a curse with the fact that we're provided for very well because you can get cask, uh, keg beer from all over the world um, coming into Leeds. It's really hard for local, biz, uh, local breweries to fight the keg battle. So you tend to get a lot of the smaller local breweries fighting the cask beer things because that's a local fight. Yeah. Um, and and there's a lot more space for local breweries on the cask lines, which means that then they have to fight for that, which means they have to get better and better at their cask product. And I think in Leeds, I think a lot of people in Leeds were quite offended because we have amazing cask beer. Uh, we've We've had... Am I um, interesting and innovative and, and pubs exciting? That, and cask pubs beer. that look after it really well yeah. and and places like really well. Exactly, and the first place we ever sold into was White Locks in. Oh yeah, in I was going to mention yeah, White yeah. Locks. And White Locks. Could you talk to go in there and be like, yeah. oh lads, lads, craft craft cask is back. Like yeah. what? Exactly. Oh. Well, we've been doing it. Thank for you the last so much for letting Three hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it comes down to like the quality thing. Um, when I was talking to Matthew Curtis the other day for the podcast, he was saying how you know for a lot of landlords, like cask doesn't make any money, you know, because the, the margins are so slim on it for the landlord. Well, just you know, and more. if you think, huh? Charge more. But just educate, but, educate but, the get get rid of SIBA. Um, and educate the consumer to pay more for top quality. But that's the thing. If you're putting a lot, if a landlord who doesn't know what they're doing, mm. or not that they don't know what they're doing, they don't care, whatever. But if a landlord, you know, it's it's a product that takes the most amount of effort to serve Absolutely. for the little, l- least profit margin. And I think whereas that I think is the that's, that's why the rise. That's why, why the rise of the like micropub, mm. you know, because actually those people care yeah. fiercely about the quality absolutely. of the beer. So if you go to certain micropubs in Sheffield like you would in Leeds or wherever, you know, you're going to get an absolutely A1 quality cast mm. beer. And I think that's it. I think that is part of the problem is because a lot of pubs, and it really upsets me when people do a job that they don't care about and do, don't don't take care over their sellers and don't have a good drayman to do what they should be doing. Um, because... It makes the, 
oftentimes it doesn't make them look crap it makes the breweries look crap i was just about to say yeah. that as well it's always going to be the breweries that suffer mm. especially when people are going onto forums and and commenting and rating and some of i remember going to a place um to drop off some beer a couple of years ago of ours and noticing that one of our casks was being they'd put a cushion on top of it and somebody was using it as a stool a full cask in a hot bar with somebody sat on top of it until it became time to put it on the taps and that really upset me because like we take care over what we're doing we try and make sure it's top quality the recipes are on and then you see it kind of tread like that I think, furniture. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Exactly. It sounds so silly when you say it, but yeah. it's crazy, isn't yeah. it? That kind of thing happens. Exactly. Imagine that. Imagine, I don't know. Yeah. It's just. Like doing it with food. Exactly. Like just yeah, pulling, yeah, yeah. pulling yeah, up yeah. like some. <laughs> you like get an order a burger and you see it's the doorstop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. onto your plate. Here's your burger, sir. <laughs> I've got a frozen chicken footstool at Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, that's going in your burger later. You know what I mean? We'll wash it, it's fine. Yeah, it's it, fine. And, and I think that's it. And I think the good quality pubs that take care over the product and educate their staff in, in what's in the beer, why it's tasting like this, what the idea was, but also the cellar management, it has to be a joint thing almost. We send our beer out there and hope that people are going to take care of it. Yes, um, it's a trust exercise. And oh, yeah. hopefully we can... We've got great customers already, and as we expand, um, we will be looking um, to make sure that we keep that quality. So our customers, if they go into a new a new site and see our beer, they trust us to be selling it to the right people. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. hopefully there will be that sort of collaboration between us and the landlords and the staff and make sure that mm. our, pro our quality from our end is top notch and they're treating it well and mm. not putting their bums on it. That's it. <laughs> The least we could ask, really. Yeah. Like, don't really. don't sit on our beer. <laughs> don't fart on our casks. <laughs> so you moved into this place, and you say you've you've got a floor, a very nice floor. Mm. It's good to invest in your floor, isn't it? That's right. Um, but wh where where are you getting your brew kit from? And and like you said, Dan earlier, like you're the person that probably knows the least about running <laughs> a brewery. Mm. Like, so how have you sort of decided what you need? Well, so I mean, like uh, Bradford Brewery, when they closed down, they had their brew kit in here. Um, we didn't buy it because it, it was up for way more than it should have been. So a brewer from down south took it on, which meant we had just an empty space to fill. So we sourced a, a company, um, sh should I say the name of them on such a... We sourced a, a, pre a pre Such a prestigious podcast. <laughs> it, it's only I, slander if it's a lie. I, I as, as financial director, um, I we can edit in the name once they return some of the money they owe us. How about I just go beep? Okay, <laughs> and then I beep it out. Well, so a com we got a company called. <laughs> they they came up and um, they were a new company and they told us about all the past that they've had, the past experience they've had uh, in the industry and uh, outside of the interest in industry fabricating things. They wanted us to be almost a shining example for them. Yeah, a bit a of a showcase in the north. north. Mm. Yeah. Um, invite people around and show us what they've got going. Um, basically, I think a bit of naivety on my case and a bit of kind of just believing what the good nature of people believed that they were going to uh, fulfil their side of the, the deal. Um, 
and everything seemed to be going really well. We we wanted to get. They said that we'd get the kit in by the first of December. Is what we were promised. It's now the ninth, tenth of February, and the brew kit is still nowhere to be seen. Um, they told us again um, in December that it was it was going on the boat. Told us in January it was on the boat over from China. Um, that is a super slow boat from China. Yeah, and then we found out a couple of weeks ago that it wasn't on the boat and had never been on the boat and it wasn't being planned to put it put on the boat. But we'd... Um, they kept changing the goalposts yeah. and they kept... Um, they were actually uh, quite deceitful um, mm. talking to our asset finance guys um, and that's where the, the relationship broke down. Um, yeah. So we were not feeling so inclined to give them all of the money um and that's where uh the lies about it's on the boat it's not on the boat we need the money we don't need the money mm. so we have decided to source it from elsewhere right. so we're, we're working with uh, six engineering now who are great guys and they've been super supportive mm. and really patient and uh just really on it and um and honest as well yeah honest and just down to earth and yeah so hopefully from talking to them for a week about bits and pieces and what we need and what they can do for us. Um, hopefully, we'll be here in three weeks. Uh, okay. So, what what kind of brew kit will it be? So we've gone for a six barrel uh, brew kit with uh, four fermenters at the moment. We were going to go bigger, uh, but we decided that in sort of in keeping with what we've been doing for the last few years, that we wanted to make more of. Um, well, less of more variety. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So instead of buying re- super big tanks and having just obviously, you know, a small offering, just keeping it weird and wonderful and varied. Plus, we have a limited space. Yeah. So we're kind of yeah six barrel for us. Although we've been going a few years, this is a uh, this is our first place. Yeah. This is our first uh, bricks and mortar uh, place to have. So starting off almost in this new chapter as a six barrel kit, nice and small nice and feasible kind of with the the we've got four fermenters and hopefully we can fit in a few more if we need to we can keep on keep on growing um in that respect um so yeah so it's uh we've got a great brewer we've got a great team we just need a kit now we've got a really nice floor um, <laughs> and yeah hopefully hopefully soon by march we'll be up and running amazing the bar will be open uh, the beers will be being made. Cool. Yeah, we're so close now. It's um, it's been really difficult. Obviously, like we we get excited, we get let down. We're like lots of sleepless nights. Um, and we kind of see the finish line now. But I think we're both trying not to get too excited mm, mm, because mm. we have been let down so much. Yeah. Um, and we've only been working together a couple of a couple of months, but yeah. If we can survive this <laughs> and not want to kill each other. <laughs> There's only been twice where I've wanted to kill you. Um, Just one, the twice? One of them was when you dropped coffee on me earlier on in this podcast. <laughs> 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 this first time was when you bought uh, Kinder Joy instead of Kinder Surprises. <laughs> yeah, but I did make your frog. You did make So you've frog. been struggling that with the entirety of this, uh, this Episode, interview. Yeah. And is this a frog? Yeah, what is that? Is no, it's that? a frog with, with a jazzy... Headdress mm, type yeah. thing. Yeah. 
That's a frog. Look at the feet. Yeah, and it's know, green. It does look like a frog. There you go. Oh, I've been gifted with it that's as well. Yours. Look at that's my payment for doing this podcast. That's it. Why, why you, I mean, why don't you tell people how they can find out more about eyes? Um, you know, whereabouts in Bradford you are, and mm. and just you know, I mean, I just want to say it's you know, it's going to be a great little space. I mean, this room's pretty much done, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. cool, and it's the bar's you know, done pretty much. Yeah, we just got, got a bit, a bit, of, more, a bit more painting. Um, we're going to get some nice prints, hopefully speak to the um, universities and colleges about nice. like exhibiting their sort of um, students' work mm. and hopefully get a bit of a rotation, like we said, about reaching mm. out to the community. Um, this is our little snug, so it's a bit more cosy, some nice Chesterfields, and then we've got the Hayes Brewery um, heritage photos up and around, and it's also got uh, viewing windows into the brewery. Mm-hmm. So once there is a kit in there, you'll have something to look at. Yeah. And it'll be nice and shiny and, and bar, uh, busy. bar's got 16 taps on there, eight cask lines, eight keg lines. Nice um, and varied. A lot of our own stuff when it comes out, but yeah. a lot of our friends in the industry as well. Absolutely, like we've got some, we've got some great little collabs sort of brewing in the, mm. um, down the line. We've just been waiting for a kit, so everything's been slightly pushed back. In the next it's couple gonna be of weeks, really exciting. Yeah, we've got spring. a couple of great collabs coming out. Um, yeah. a, a black brut IPA uh, with Erin, the boys from up in Newcastle. Um, we believe it's the first in the UK. Yeah, we've got a plum dunkle with um Night Char. Nice. Plum dunk defunk. Ooh. That, yeah, that, oh yeah I'm very excited about that one yeah and we've got some other little bits and bobs coming up as well so we want to possibly talk about yeah we've got so we've got some very exciting very exciting collaborations coming up happy days um so no we're, we're really excited yeah um follow us on all the social medias oh uh, yeah so eyes brewing and if you are in bradford just look for the big old bradford brewery sign yeah, which hopefully will <laughs> say eyes brewing soon that's right yeah we've we've had a quote and it's quite prohibitive at the moment so if anybody would like a bradford brewery sign and they're willing to take it off themselves you can freeze them a good home sell it on it. ebay yeah yeah <laughs> free cycle <laughs> free cycle you just have to retrieve it yeah. cool well thanks for joining us today like i said to just our listeners do check out ice brewing really really great beers really unique um love what you guys are doing and yeah every success for the future thank, thank you very you. much for coming to see us and coming over to bradford awesome thanks for tuning in to the hot ford podcast this week make sure you hit the subscribe button Follow us on social media at Hot Forward Beers and visit our website hotforward.beer for more articles, insights and a range of services aimed at helping you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. Until next time, cheers. Right,